All right, grab your Bibles. We'll end up in Matthew chapter eight. Uh, this, this morning, I, you know, with the theme, Worship the King, I want us to see this morning that sinners know that Jesus is worthy of all worship. Uh, that might sound uh, maybe a little bit confusing, like how is that possible? But, but it is, sinners know. They know that Jesus is worthy of all worship. And so let me just give you some ammo uh, before we get to unpacking that statement. You know, the heights of heaven, they're given in worship of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Hebrews 1, verse six, the Bible says, let all the angels of God worship him. In Revelation 7, verse 11, the angels, the elders, the, the, the beasts, they're all given in worship. They fell before the throne on their faces and worshiped God. In Matthew chapter two, we find out that wise men know to give Jesus worship. When they came in and saw the young child with Mary, his mother, the Bible says they fell down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and they presented to him gifts. Okay, so why do wise men worship, give worship to Jesus? Well, let's not be thick, let's not be dumb. They give Jesus worship because they are wise. Right, that's why they do it. They do it because they're wise. They, they, they knew who he was. And now here's the critical concept that I want us to see this morning. And so get this down in your notes. All who need Jesus' help, they will absolutely worship him. People who recognize their need, they worship Jesus. Even rulers have to bow down in Jesus' presence. In Matthew nine, you've got a certain ruler. When he comes to Jesus, the Bible says he worshiped him saying, my daughter is even now dead, but come and lay thy hand upon her and she shall live. And so look at verse 19, Jesus arose and followed him and so did his disciples. You know, anytime somebody cries out to the Lord for help, he never leaves a supplicant. He never leaves someone in need unheard. First Peter five verse six says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. And in Matthew chapter nine, you see Jesus' response. You see Jesus' will to this request. The Bible says when Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the minstrels and, all, and the people making noise, he told them to scat. You're making too much noise, and here's why. Give place, for the maid is not dead, but sleepeth. And the Bible says, and they laughed him to scorn. But you know, when, when Jesus tells you, you gotta go, you gotta go, and so, when the people were put forth, he, Jesus, went in, took her by the hand, and the maid arose, and the fame thereof went abroad into all that land. Jesus' own disciples, they faced a crisis point. They had great need, and they gave great worship as a result. You, you, you know this story. It's a big ministry day. In Matthew chapter 14, Jesus sends the disciples to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, and he goes up into a mountain to pray. He needs quiet time with the Father. Now, as the ship's going across the sea, this storm comes up, and the ship was tossed with the waves for the wind was contrary. And they're wondering if they can bail the water fast enough, are they gonna make it to the other side? And the Bible says it was in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus just comes trekking across the Sea of Galilee. He's walk. I mean, um, uh, what is it whenever you've got your, your poles and you're walking through a trail? They have another name for that. Um, what is it called? 
Uh, we're just going to call it walking because I didn't hear any of that. So, okay, so he's, he's, he's climbing the waves. He's walking. And the disciples freak out. As the Bible says they were troubled saying it's a spirit. It's a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway, Jesus sets them straight, right? Straightway, Jesus spake unto them saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. Okay. Now, at a first casual reading of that, I look at that and I say, that doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, if they thought that this was a specter, a spirit that was coming to make sure the boat went down, to make sure that they died, and he says, oh no, y'all, it's me, it's Jesus, it's cool, but you didn't know for sure, your response wouldn't be, come invite me to my doom, right? Who would, who would, who would follow up with come invite me to my doom. And so what that tells me is that Peter knew. Peter knew it was Jesus and this is his chance to show off. Lord's walking on the water, I'm gonna walk on the water. You know, Peter's always looking for those opportunities. And so Jesus invites him out. The Bible says Jesus uh, invited him, he said come. Peter comes out of the ship, he's walking on the water with Jesus but when he got his eyes off of Christ and he got them on his circumstances, he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried saying, Lord, save me. And this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Verse 31 says, and immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And then they come into the ship, immediately the wind ceases, it's calm. Then they that were in the ship came and worshiped him saying, of a truth, thou art the son of God. You better believe they worshiped him. They thought their goose was cooked and Jesus came and saved them. In Matthew 15, you've got the story of a woman of Canaan. She's a Gentile woman and she worships Jesus. She cried unto him, Matthew 15:22 says, saying, have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. My daughter has a demon in her life. It's tormenting her. And so she's crying out to the Lord, but the Bible says Jesus answered her not a word. So she started pestering his disciples and they got so tired of listening to this woman coming after them. They said to Jesus, send her away for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I'm not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So Jesus' position is, is look, I didn't come. I wasn't sent, it's to the Jew first. I wasn't sent to help the Gentiles. I am the promised Messiah presented to God's chosen people. I'm on task, I'm on mission. So he refuses to help her. Then she came and worshiped him saying, Lord help me. She's not gonna take no for an answer. She worships the Lord because she is in desperate need of help. Lord help me. But he answered and said, it is not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. How many people today, you know, you're coming humble and desperate for help and you get called a dog over it. Um, you know, you're just gonna post that on Facebook and talk about what a piece of trash Jesus is. Yet this woman humbles herself yet the more. She calls him master and what worship she gives to the Lord Jesus. She said, truth, Lord. I know God sent you to the nation of Israel. Truth, Lord, compared the, the Gentile, I've heard the, I've heard the buzz, the, the Jewish people call Gentiles dogs. I, I get it. 
Truth, Lord. Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. I, I may be a dog, but Jesus, I'm your dog. And I recognize you, you still have a responsibility to me. They eat what falls off the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Man, what worship. How mighty the Lord Jesus Christ intervened on her behalf. So look at Matthew chapter eight because today I want us to identify with a leper. I want us to see that we have that we have had great need in our lives. Whether you're saved or maybe you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, uh, you have great need. And the question on the floor this morning is will you worship him? And so Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. The Lord Jesus taught that you're seeking people who will worship you in spirit and in truth. And so God, we pray that you'd open our understanding, you'd open our eyes and help us to behold your truth. But Lord, Help us to submit to it. Help us to humble ourselves before what your word says, what should be true over our lives, and Lord, let it fall out as worship. Father, I pray that you'd take the weakness of my my mouth, my stumbling lips, you'd set it aside, and Lord, you would make plain, you'd make clear your word, your will over our lives. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Matthew chapter eight, verse one says, when he, Jesus, was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. So get this down in your notes. You need to know that many people follow Jesus and they follow him because they love to hear his word. Many follow Jesus because they love hearing his word. All of these multitudes that are following Jesus, they were with him in the mountain to hear a very famous discourse. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. And this sermon was a time where Jesus is giving the terms. He's, as the promised king of the Jews, the Messiah, he is giving to the nation of Israel the terms of his kingdom. Um, You want to get on our path to growth here at MBT. You want to be growing and learning the word of God for yourself. And, And if you'll stay on that path to growth, you'll end up with us in the Living Faith Bible Institute Jump in the Matthew class with me and I'll give you all the goods on this, how the book of Matthew breaks down and and how to understand how it applies and introduces for us the the church age. So he's giving this, this constitution of the kingdom. And I want you to just go back a few verses in Matthew chapter seven and verses 28 and 29 and see how the people responded to this message. The Bible says, and it came to pass when Jesus ended these sayings, when he finished the Sermon on the Mount, when he gave the terms of the the kingdom of heaven to the nation of Israel, the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. So the people were blown away by the preaching. People, God wired us, God designed us so that we love good preaching. It's just how we're wired. And they love, right? People love being blown away by the word of God. Some people even have a little bit of sadist in them and they're like, tear me up, pastor. Don't pull any punches. Give it, get, I mean, just get, give us both barrels. And I'll talk to each other. Man, the pastor really beat us up today. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> and that's great, okay? It's good to get straightened out. It's good to get your clock cleaned every once in a while. 
But here's the danger, and I want you to get this down in your notes. There is a real danger of loving to hear the truth of God's word without recognizing our own desperate need of the Lord in our life. Many people love hearing the word of God, but they don't love submitting to the person of God. They love to know truth, but it's another thing to submit to truth. You know, in James chapter two and verse nine, the comment of the Bible over God's people is, you believe, that's good, but you need to know the devils also believe and tremble. It's not just enough to give mental assent and to enjoy the truth of God's word. The question on the floor is, are you submitting to the person of the living word of God in your life, in your heart? So get this down. This is so critical. Many people love hearing the word of God, but do not recognize their need to be worshipers of God. I wanna know the truth. I don't wanna be deceived. I wanna know the book. Are you living the book? Are you living the truth? Is Jesus the way, the truth, and the life in your life, in your heart? So look at this leper, verse two, and he illustrates for us the truth that sinners who seek a savior, they worship. Sinners seeking a savior worship Jesus. And so I want to, in this leper, I want us to see ourselves, okay? Put yourself in the place of this leper. And behold, there came a leper and worshiped him. How? Saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me whole. Okay, so how does, he, how does this, how does the, the, the leper comes to Jesus. Jesus is, gonna, Jesus is gonna be his solution, his savior. So he comes worshiping. In Mark chapter one and verse 44, that's the parallel account of this event. And you see how he came worshiping him. The, the Bible says in Mark 1:44, the leper came beseeching him and kneeling down to him. He has desperate needs, so he's beseeching and he's submitting. He's kneeling down before him. And notice what he calls Jesus here in Matthew 8, verse two, saying, Lord, Lord. See, the leper got it right. He wasn't just a hearer of the Sermon on the Mount. He wasn't just a hearer of the word of God. He was submitting to the living word of God. Do you see the difference? Everybody else is being blown away. Man, nobody preaches like this Jesus but they're going on living a way that's right in their own eyes. This leper hears the same message and he says, I need what he's got applied to my life. He's submitting to the living word of God. You know, there was another despicable that got it right. You know, when Jesus was crucified at the cross of Calvary, he hung between two thieves. One of the thieves was mocking him, the other was getting humble before him. In Luke 23, verse 42, this humble thief said unto Jesus, here it is, Lord, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, verily I say unto thee, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. So get this down in your notes, okay? Here's a time where all of the respectable people are seeing all of the reasons as to why they didn't need to submit to the word of the Lord. But the lepers and the thieves, right, the sinners, are seeing Jesus correctly as Lord. He doesn't preach like anybody else, is, anybody else is preaching. He preaches one having authority, but in the quietness of their heart, the question on the floor is, is, will I submit to that authority or not? And the overwhelming majority said, no, I will not. But the sinner looks at, and he sees the authority. He sees the answer, and he says, I need that applied to my life. 
Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst heal me. You can save me. You can make me clean. So the respectable people are excusing away the living word of God over their life, but it's the lepers and the thieves. It's the sinners that submit. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is Lord. He is King of kings and he is Lord of lords. And the good news is he is a friend to sinners. He is a friend of sinners. Okay, so what does the leper want? What does any leper want? They wanna be cleansed, right? They wanna be cleansed. See, leprosy in the word of God is a illustration for you of what sin is in humanity. Anytime you see leprosy in the Bible, it's gonna give you insight. It pictures for you the problem of sin. And the first mention in Levi, or I'm sorry, in Leviticus 13 verse 45, you find out under Levitical law that the leper has to go around shouting to everyone, unclean, unclean. So I come up to Eric and I'm like, Eric, it's so good to see you. And I go to shake his hand and he's like, unclean, unclean. That's what he has to say. Why, because this bacteria is very contagious. It's eating away the skin, the skin, the flesh of the victim, and if you touch that person, you're liable to be infected. Unclean, unclean, it is a picture, it shows sin. In Numbers chapter 12, you see the the first leper illustrated, you know, Mary had just got done talking a bunch of trash on her little brother Moses and she was offended. Uh, she really kind of just wanted to be running the show and God heard it. He, 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 he just took all he could. He got, he got offended and he decided he's gonna straighten Miriam out. And after he gets done explaining to them how they're out of bounds, the Bible says in Numbers 12.10 that the cloud departed from off the tabernacle and behold, Miriam became leprous, white as snow. And Aaron looked upon Miriam and behold, she was leprous. Now notice the response, notice how it's described. And Aaron said unto Moses, alas, my Lord. So they're getting humble real quick. (laughs) Alas, my Lord, I beseech thee. Now again, what's the problem? Leprosy has landed and now Look at how it's described. Lay not the sin upon us wherein we have done foolishly and wherein we have sinned. Let her not be as one dead of whom the flesh is half consumed when he cometh out of his mother's womb. And Moses cried unto the Lord saying, heal her now, O Lord, I beseech thee. And God's like, I'll heal her, but she's gonna carry this for a little bit. And then he did heal her. But notice the, the way leprosy is described in the Bible. Don't lay... What, what lay upon Miriam, leprosy? And Aaron's immediate response is, don't let this sin lie upon us, right? Lay not this sin upon us wherein we have sinned, we have done foolishly, wherein we have sinned. So leprosy pictures sin, and here it is. If you wanna study how, if you wanna see how, get the insight for how leprosy is like sin in humanity, look at Leviticus Chapters 13 and 14, we don't have time to cover all of it. There's a ton there, but let me summarize those two chapters for you. Leprosy is very contagious, so leprosy always spreads. That's your next blank. Spreads, it spreads. It's very contagious. It's like leaven. You just put a little leaven, a little yeast in the bread, and it leavens the whole lump. So also, sin is very contagious. It only spreads. It consumes everything. 
And then we find out in Leviticus that in the healing of leprosy, a blood sacrifice was required. In the healing of leprosy, a blood sacrifice was required. So also, the shed blood of Christ alone will cleanse and save us from sin. It's only the shed blood of Christ that washes our sin away. Okay, so now I want you to focus on the Savior, Jesus as our sin bearer and our Savior in verse three. So the leper comes worshiping, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And watch Jesus' response, verse three. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will. Be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Okay, so now in the Old Testament, when you're studying out Leviticus 13 and 14, you find out that the priests could not touch the leper. Nobody can touch a leper. It would make them unclean. They could only look on the leper's helpless estate, their hopeless condition, and see the leprosy. But not Jesus. Look at Jesus' response. How does Jesus respond? He responds with touch. Why does he touch him? Nobody can touch. According to Levitical law, you touch a leper, you are unclean. Before the law, you are no longer clean. And Jesus touched him, why? Because Jesus is the sin bearer. So get this down in your notes. Jesus bore our sin to the cross of Calvary. And just like touching a leper under the Old Testament law made you, under the law, unclean before God and man, don't miss this picture, Jesus touches this man because Jesus bore the leprosy of our sin. Jesus wasn't unclean but he took our uncleanness upon himself. First Peter chapter two, verse 24 says, it was Jesus who bore his own self. He, he bare our sin in his own body on the tree, on the cross, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you are healed. In Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 21, the Bible says that God made Jesus, for he hath made him Christ to be sin for us, who, who knew no sin, Jesus was not a sinner. He was not a leper. And yet he was reckoned such, he was reckoned so. He bore our sin in his own body, the leprosy of our sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. I am so glad, you know, when I was 12 years old, I recognized the exceeding sinfulness of my sin. I saw for the first time the leprosy of my sin and I realized there was no hope to a right relationship with God. I was cooked. And at 12 years of age, I effectively cried out, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst save me. And the good news was, he touched me. I'm so glad Jesus touched me and took my sin upon himself. I'm so glad that he said, I will be thou clean. Matthew 8, 17 says it all falls out, right? That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Because it's only through the shed blood of Christ, it's only through Christ as our sin bearer that God can deal with the, re- with the leprosy of our sin. You know, in the Old Testament, in Leviticus chapter 14, it was only through the shed blood, okay, so the leper, if he was fortunate enough to recover in the Old Testament, and there's no signs of leprosy, he would go before the priest and be inspected. 
but he couldn't be declared clean until the bird was sacrificed. The blood had to be shed in water and applied to the person being cleansed. So it was only through shed blood in the washing of water in Leviticus 14 that the Old Testament priest was actually able to touch the cleansed leper. Well, that's how it works in salvation today. You know, in Ephesians 5, verses 25 and 26, the Bible says that Christ, here's how he takes care of his bride, the church. He cleanses her, right, through the washing of the water of the word. You know, the word of God is powerful. It's sharper than any scalpel, any two-edged sword. And it has the ability to take you apart as a sinner and put you back together as a child of God. But it's through the hearing of the word of God, it's through the hearing of the gospel and believing on it that a person is born again, that the scalpel is applied. Romans 10, 17 says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? It's through the washing of the water of the word that the leprosy of our sin is dealt with. Uh, You can actually see it play out in Leviticus chapter 14. And then here's the promise. Once the blood is applied, listen to Jesus' promise. He says, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. So he responds with a touch, but he also responds with the promise of healing. It's because Jesus is Savior that he is Lord. I will be thou clean. You know, today I want us to all hear what Jesus will say to any sinner that comes to him. Look at Ephesians 2 in verses one and nine. You know, we're saved, okay? If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're born again. The Bible says you used to walk in wickedness. You used to live in wickedness. Uh, By nature, you were a child of wrath. But watch this in verse four. The Bible says, but God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened, he has made us alive together with Christ. By grace are you saved. We were hopelessly doomed, we were damned by the leprosy of our sin. And God in his, in his mercy and in his grace made us alive through the finished work of Christ at Calvary. By grace you are saved. It's not through anything that you do, any effort, any ability. There is nothing you can do to impress God or to make God accept you. Jesus did it all. He is the one who was accepted by God. We were the ones who were rejected by God, but God loved us. He wasn't willing that any of us would perish. And so I'm grateful for the Lord Jesus Christ who said, I'll go. I will go and I will live the life that they could not live and I'll take the wickedness that they have committed and I will bear their sins in my body and there on the cross of Calvary satisfy your wrath over their sin. I will be thou clean. By grace ye are saved. Verse six says, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Then the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And that's us this morning. Lepers, sinful, sin lepers, 
saved by the grace of God. Worship him, cry out, bend the knee, beseech him because he's worthy. This is why we worship. In Philippians chapter two, the Bible says because Jesus did this, right? Philippians chapter two, because Jesus as sin bearer satisfied the leprous sin debt before God, we will worship. Philippians two tells us that Jesus in verse seven made himself of no reputation, takes upon himself the form of a servant. He's made in the likeness of man. And verse eight says, and being found in fashion as a man, he, Jesus, humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. It's the name, the Lord Jesus Christ. Because Jesus was willing to touch lepers and be made our uncleanness before God and to suffer God's wrath over our sin. He's worthy of all worship. And you will worship him. You will beseech him. You will bend the knee and you will confess with your mouth. God hath also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. You will worship him. One way or another, you'll either do it now or you'll do it then in that day. You'll either do it now voluntarily or in the final judgment, you'll do it because you have to. You get to decide that much if it's gonna be now or if it's gonna be then. But you will worship him because God gave us Jesus. His name means Jehovah saves. God gave us Jesus so that the leprosy of our sin might be washed away. I'd like us to bow our heads and humble ourselves. If you close your eyes and humble yourself before the Lord, you can see your heart. And I just want you to check your heart right now. And I just ask that the only people moving would be the, the counselors and the, and the praise leaders. And while they come, I wanna give you the lyrics to a great song of praise, Oh, Worship the King. It says, Oh, worship the King, all glorious above, O gratefully sing his power and his love, our shield and defender, the ancient of days, pavilioned in splendor and girded with praise. That's who Jesus is. But I want you to hear this line and consider your own life, your own place before God. Has your leprosy of sin been cleansed? Are you born again? Is Jesus your Lord Jesus Christ. Frail children of dust and feeble as frail, in thee do we trust, nor find thee to fail. Thy mercies, how tender, how firm to the end, our maker, defender, redeemer, and friend. Is he that to you? Is he your maker, defender, redeemer, and friend? Has he said, I will? Has he touched you and said, I will, be thou clean? How many here would say, Pastor, would you please pray for me because I need the leprosy of my sin cleansed. I need to be saved. I need Jesus to take my life and heal it. Pastor, would you pray for me? Is there anybody like that this morning? Yes, sir. Yes. Anybody else? Yes, sir. Anybody else? Pastor, please pray for me. I don't know that my, the leprosy of my sin has been removed from my life and I'm, 
I need to beseech the Lord and cry out, Lord, if you would, you could make me whole. You could cleanse me. Is there anybody else? Please pray for me, Pastor. I don't know that I'm saved. Okay, okay, I see, yeah. Are there any believers that would say, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm like those people coming down off the mount with Jesus. <laughs> uh, I love preaching, I just don't like living it. And I need to repent. I need to worship. I need to humble myself before the Lord. I don't wanna be a hearer, I wanna be a doer. I need God in my life. Pastor, would you pray for me? Is there anybody like that this morning? Okay. I'm gonna pray, and then I wanna invite you uh, to meet with the Lord this morning, to do business with God. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and God, uh, you see the hands that, that, that want cleansing this morning. They want the leprosy of their sin removed. And Lord, the good news is you say, I will. You are Jehovah saves. And so Lord, I pray that today would be the day of salvation. Pour out your spirit in conviction and have your way with every heart and every life. And then for those that said, I, 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 don't, you know, I don't wanna be that guy that just loves to hear truth but then never have the way, the truth, and the life, Lord, over my life. Uh, that today would be a day of surrender for each and Lord, that as Christ is magnified, as Christ is lifted up in our life, that God, you'd be glorified and that we'd be followers of you, worshipers of you in spirit and in truth. And I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand, let's worship as we dismiss. If you have a need, okay, if you recognize I need the leprosy of my sin cleansed, I need to be made clean, uh, we want to meet with you. Maybe you have something going on in your life you need prayer or counsel over. Or maybe you want to pray for someone that, that needs the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to meet with you. We want to pray with you. And so, so as we sing, come on, let's take care of business with God. If you're a believer and you just want to say, I'm done listening to preaching and not living for Christ, living with Christ as my Lord, repent. Put a stake down today. We're going to wor worship. We're going to sing a few lines of uh, Oh Holy Night, right? And if you have a need, come on, we want to meet and pray and counsel with you.